What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have like a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? Organ Nation Hoops Podcast. My name is Solomon Lee at Red Nation Hoops on Twitter. You're joined by Paul, Mickey, Derek at Rocket Intellect. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. What about you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, unfortunately, we're coming off a Rockets loss, so I'm a little bummed. But hey, hey I mean, every every team has games like this, and I'm not too worried about the Rockets at this point. Uh, also joined by Taylor Pate at Taylor L Pate on Twitter. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing good. Hey, oh, hey, look, the uh, the Pelicans just hit another shot. <laughs> God, Solomon Hill, right? Like, like, when did Solomon Hill become Clay Thompson? Like, I, I, I didn't get that notice. Like, I, I'm not sure if you guys, if you guys got that notice. Like, I'm just kind of like, like he was hitting ridiculous three pointers, like for a player of his caliber, and like on the on a night where everybody on the Pelicans were hitting shots, it was just kind of. It was just kind of awestruck. I was kind of awestruck by just the amount of threes they were hitting. And Anthony Davis, man, like, he's starting to have, like, impacts on the game. Like, before like before this game, like, I, I, I'll admit, I haven't watched much of AD this season. But, like, he's starting to have impacts on the game that aren't just offensive impacts. Like, you know, like, facilitating from the high post um, and, like, the Rockets just couldn't guard him. The Rockets had nobody on the on the floor that could guard. Like they, they tried Ariza on him early on, and then they tr- and then they 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 forced the double with Harrell, and then they kept on like they kept on doing that, and then they they tried they threw Harden at him. Like they had nobody that could consistently guard him. Like they could have you really used the Nate tonight. Yeah, they kind of threw. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, Harden kind of did the best job out of all of them, which is a little bit sad. But yeah, Nene's defense is very much missed um, in a game like this, strangely. Yeah, uh, he's. I gave up, uh, tweeted out a hot take that Nene was the second most important player on the Rockets. And I think that's probably a little bit of a stretch, but uh, he's probably a lot more important than you think it is because Harrell and Capella are both very good, but they kind of do similar things and like they finish uh, off of pick and rolls and neither of them play like ideal defense, but Nene actually can pass a little bit and can like post up a little bit and plays good defense. So he's like the only center are capable of doing the things that he provides and that makes his value a lot higher than you would think it is no i agree i agree like he started off the season really rough right and so i i think a lot of rockets fans have that image of him um blowing a lot of layups a lot of defensive rotations but he's gotten a lot better since then and he's been a really really valuable for the rockets he's been uh, living up to that room exception contract uh and more um and i think I think you're right, Paul. He like there there is nobody on the team that can that does what he does. I, I wouldn't I don't know if I'd call him the second most irreplaceable player on the Rockets, but he's he's definitely up there in terms of importance. I mean on, on a night like this you can see where uh they miss his defense and his post defense in particular. Like the Rockets don't have anybody like bulky that can guard really good post players. Like uh and against matchups like the Spurs and uh the Grizzlies, that kinda gets exploited a little bit. But I mean Nene is kind of the only guy the Rockets have that can do that. Clint Capella still kind of like he's still kind of get growing into his own body. So it's gonna take some time before he can do all all the little things defensively, like like guarding post players. But yeah, I agree. Like Nene could have really been used. And overall, like the Rockets shot so poorly in this game. Uh, they were missing three pointers left and right, and like you thought that it'd get better in the first half, but it it really never it really never bounced back. 
Um, they shot 32% from the three-point line, um, and they're from on, on the season. They're like a 35 to 36% three-point shoot percentage team, and so uh, and I thought it it. it I thought honestly, I, I'll admit, like I thought after the first half, I wasn't that worried about the Rockets losing the game because I thought they'd go on a third quarter run there, and Harden was um, Harden kept the Rockets really in the game for well, not in the game, but he, but he kept them within striking distance uh, for a lot of that third quarter. But he, the the Rockets just couldn't bounce back. Yeah, and Drew Holiday came out in the third quarter and just pretty much sealed the game. Um, he was just, I mean, unguardable. And Pat looked a little um, a little off tonight, and obviously he picked up those early fouls, and, um, you know, he was he picked up the tech. He was just frustrated having a bad night. Um, and I don't know how much the, the hotel situation has to do with anything, but, I mean, guys play on back-to-backs all the time, so it's, I mean not really an excuse to, to yeah, yeah let's talk about it that was weird right because um i saw the story pick up some steam yesterday um apparently the rockets uh they they couldn't find hotel like the proper hotel situation in new orleans so they, they went to baton rouge and they, they got a hotel and they had to drive uh two hours to the game which is uh pretty i mean like like for the normal person, I mean that's that's really not that much. But I mean, from Baton Rouge to New Orleans, like two hours for the game, that really upsets everybody's rhythm. Um, like, what was the whole situation with that? And like, <clears throat> do you guys think that really had an impact on the game? Uh, I mean, I guess it. You would have to say that it did because the the Rockets just didn't look themselves at all. I mean, I mean, normally you know they'll have a game like this every now and then, but. I mean, to this extent, it was it was just a, a really a, atrocious game all around from them. I mean, they were blowing layups. Like Lou Williams missed like eight layups in a row. Oh god! Oh god! Um, right. Yeah, like he was he had visions of the rim that were just scary. Um, and I mean, so I don't know the exact situation in the CBA that prevented them from getting a specific hotel or or whatever, but. Um, Obviously, they they couldn't use any of the hotels in that area, so maybe that's something that the NBA should look at. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Like like I don't like to put excuses on on, on games like this, but I think there was some some of that going on. Like it's just like when NBA NBA players are creatures of habits, right? Like they like to get to the arena at a certain time. They like to do their certain ro- their certain routines, and a lot of that was kind of squashed tonight, right? Because of this whole hotel situation. Um, but yeah, even in the post game presser, that was mentioned. Uh, that was asked and. Um, Mike D'Antoni shot it down. Uh, he had this pretty great uh, quote about healthcare, um, uh, saying that guy, <laughs> uh, you know, guys are worried about healthcare and meals on wheels. Like we shouldn't be worried about driving an extra an extra half hour to the game, uh, which was great. Mike D'Antoni is an excellent quote. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I do think like the Rockets are never going to admit this, but I do think that did have some sort of impact on the game, and uh, to some extent, like. Like if this is if this was a game last year, I, I don't think we'd give them this uh this much of a pass. But I mean, the Rockets have been so good this year, and they've been able to win games like this. That I mean, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Like you do sort of as the season goes along, and, and we're this late into this, you do kind of give them a pass for this, right? Like like because they've win they've won games like that bef- before this season, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially after that, you know, kind of brutal five game stretch. Um, you know where they had um, the Jazz and the Spurs and, and just I mean you know basically all playoff teams um, and so they they did well in that stretch and yeah I mean this is obviously you'd like to win this game but it's understandable why you didn't and it's also you know the first night of a back to back which means that you know the guys are already thinking about the next day. You know, it is what it is. The yeah. the Pelicans hit shots. I mean, th- there's nothing you can do. They just, I mean, like my unofficial account was like 11 by the fourth quarter, like con- like overly contested shots. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, th- that's pretty much the story of the game. They hit 12 three pointers out of uh, 34, which is pretty good for the Pelicans. And like the Rockets, the Rockets missed shots, right? I mean, like at the end of the day, this is what happened: the Rockets missed shots, and the Rock and the Pelicans made shots. And I, I do think the Rockets made a lot of mistakes defensively. And um, you know, you certainly can't look over that. 
But I, I think this is a, sort, of, sort of one of those games where, yeah, it, it, they laid an egg, and, and we're, we're not. It's it's probably best to acknowledge that they laid an egg. But um, I think you can move on from this game, I, and I, I don't think this is a sign of any you know sort of larger issue with the Rockets. I think this is one of those games uh, that you kind of look over. So let's get to the fun stuff. Let's get to the fun stuff. MVP race. MVP. So this is kind of heated up uh, within the past two weeks because we're kind of and we're kind of nearing season's end, and so this this is where we talk about awards. This is where we talk about you know coach of the year, sixth man of the year, uh, executive of the year, all that fun stuff. And uh, the the hottest race, the hottest awards race this year is obviously MVP, most valuable player, um, and uh, obviously this podcast is going to lean a certain way and other podcasts are going to lean a certain way, but let's talk about it anyways. Let's talk about it anyways. Um, Harden obviously has a great case this year, uh, leading the, leading the Rockets to the third seed, uh, possible 56 game win, uh, win season. And, uh, you know, they have a pretty good chance at, at advancing far in the playoffs. And, you know, Harden's been the main, uh, the main reason for it, and he's put up monster stat lines throughout the season. Uh, but at the same time, there's like three other candidates that have pretty compelling cases this year. Um, so, what are your thoughts, like right now, as of this moment? Like, what are your thoughts, uh, you know, forming of the race right now? So, I, I think that Westbrook. Um has a lot of fan uh, love. I think that Westbrook has a lot of like general media love, but I think the people that actually know the game are looking at this and they're saying, look, this is great. This is incredible. Like he's, he's averaging a triple double. Um, But then you see those dumb arguments like, you know, if he were to go down to 9.9 assists, then I wouldn't vote for him. And so it's it, the logic there is really flawed. Um, people like to have round numbers or a nice name to call something, um, you know, a, a simple name to call a set of stats because it sounds nice. Um, but to me, the biggest factor here is that no MVP has been from a third seed, uh, or sorry, lower than a third seed um, in the past like 30 some odd years yeah since 1984 i believe or 1986 yeah and that's a that's a big deal um you know stuff like that tends to not get broken for a long time unless there's just a you know an outstanding reason so you know i don't want to say that that automatically eliminates westbrook or anything like that because i think that he's still got a shot um you know uh Tim Bontemps did a, a media poll recently, I think of 106 um, media members, and Harden uh, came out first in that in that poll um, by a pretty wide margin. Um, you know, Kawhi is incredible. Kawhi Leonard, I mean, he's an amazing player. Um, but I don't know that he does... I don't know that he has the the wow factor that people look for in the MVP. Like right, like Steph, you know, he had probably the most insane um, regular season, offensive regular season ever, and that um, he had that flash, that factor. Um, prior to that, you know, Harden and and Steph went toe to toe for the MVP, and it came down to you know, those two guys because they both had ridiculous offensive seasons. And I just don't think that Kawhi has that it factor um, when it comes to the flash. Um, you know, so I, I think that's... And then, of course, there's LeBron, who's, you know, probably should and could win it. But, you know, his team has less wins than the Rockets. He's got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love on his team. Um, you know, there's really... Uh, He's got the help, you know, that that Harden and Westbrook don't have, and even Kawhi to an extent. So, you know, um, it's it's incredible what he's doing. I mean, career highs and rebounds and assists, and uh, not three point percentage, but he's way up there in three point percentage. Um, and you know, so he's he's having an amazing year as well. It's really really almost unprecedented to have four 
wide open candidates, you know. Um, that's not something that we've seen in recent years. Paul, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I think I would probably go with Harden, and I think he's probably also the favorite. Uh, unless someone like goes on like a, a historic rampage, which uh, you know maybe Russ does. I don't really see anyone taking it away from him, just because I think that it's so divided that the votes are gonna like just be what they are at this point. I think that voters have mostly made up their mind, and the fringe voters right now uh, are just going to like come to a general consensus. So I think Harden's probably the favorite. I think all of these candidates are diver- deserving for uh, different reasons, but the triple-double argument is really stupid. Uh, like Taylor said, uh, this... People, like, suddenly not wanting to vote for him because uh, he averages, like, 9.9 assists per game instead of 10 is really, really dumb. Uh, I think that it's kind of disrespectful to a great season to, like, break it down into merely just average, into, like, just talking about the triple-doubles. I think you should talk about, like, what he's done in the clutch and how good OKC is in the clutch this season and whatnot and all that good stuff uh, instead of just talking about the triple doubles, I think. And that is my stance. All are deserving. I lean towards Harden. I think Harden will end up getting it, but I would not be upset if anyone other than maybe Westbrook won it. Yeah, um... Yeah, so, so you guys know my stance on this. Like, I'm really, really cynical of uh, of Harden winning an MVP award. Period. And uh, Paul gives me a lot of shit for this uh, constantly on Twitter uh, all the time. Uh, and it's because like I, I'm just really like like when there's there's so many candidates this year, it's really, really difficult for him to win the award. And I, I realize um, like he's probably the favorite right now, but that could change instantly. Um, if Russ has a crazy night and like you know voters lean one way, like it, it's been like that the whole season, right? Like it's been uh, a collection of individuals of of crazy individual you know performances and you know back and forth swaying. Like that, like that night, Kawhi was the MVP for like a forty eight hour period where you know he had that unbelievable sequence where he hit the the pull up three pointer and then blocked Harden's layup. Like like I feel like it's been that type of MVP race this huh. year. But um, in terms of, like, like historical precedent really matters to me. If, if you were to ask me who I think the MVP is, I, I do think it's, I, I, it should go to Harden. Uh, because, you know, historically, top three seeds win it. Like, that's just the way it's been. And that's, like, that's what we've been told forever. And I feel like um, any sort of... Any sort of delineation from that is kind of hypocritical, right? Because that's what we've been told for, like, the past... Two years, and this is what we were told two years ago when Steph won the award, right? Like, um, and even though Steph had an unbelievable season, I'm not trying to discredit that at all. Uh, and he had a great case for the MVP, right? This is kind of what we were told when um, Harden didn't win it, right? Like, you need to win a lot of games, and it's usually you, the award usually goes to the better team, right? And I just kind of think that the the trend should continue, right? And um, not to say it should always go to best player on best team. I, I do think. Uh, Kawhi is a good case this year, but I, I don't. I got. I just don't think he had enough early steam, like in the beginning of the season, to warrant uh, an MVP candidacy. Like I think, I think what he's done since January is, is incredible, right? But I think he should have done that since, you know. I mean, like not 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 to fault him for not doing it, right? I, I think for him to win the award, I think he should have done that from the start of the season, right? And I think, I think voters are gonna pay attention to that, right? It's like this is not a a three month award, right? This is a full season award. And I think that matters. And I think, um, yeah. And, and, and if you, if you were to fill out a ballot right now, I would probably have Harden at the top and I'd probably have, uh, the winningest candidates at the, uh, to follow, right? Like I, I think LeBron is, has 
a really great can- uh, candidacy this year. Uh, I disagree with you, Paul. Like in in like uh, you've discredited a lot on Twitter. I think he's had a great season. Like like the, the, the when did I say that like he wasn't having a great season? Well, well, well no, I you discredited the MVP part of it, the, and I think I think he has a really great case for it, and I think. Uh, like he's shooting thirty nine percent from three, and the Cavs are really bad when he's not on the floor, and like the impact he has, like, and I realize he has more help, but the impact he has on the Cavs, and he's dealt with a crap load of injuries, right? Like I think, like I think, uh, you know, we tend to dismiss guys like J.R. Smith because he's a quote unquote role player, but he's really important to that team, right? And the the stuff that he brings to the team is kind of discredited, but he's really, really like the the Cavs championship odds are significantly hurt when he's not on the floor. And same with Kevin Love, he was out for 15 games, right? And uh, I think that kind of stuff kind of weighs into it. So I, I probably have Harden number one, uh, LeBron number two. I probably have Kawhi number three, and I'd have Russ number four. And 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 it's gonna come off as a slight towards Russ. And it, I don't want it to come off as a slight towards Russ. Russ is having an unbelievable season. I just don't, I just don't put that much stock into round numbers as you were talking about earlier, Taylor. Like I just think, you know, triple doubles are are good, right? Like I'm not I'm not saying like I'm not saying they're not they're worthless, right? Like when you have a triple double, you're clearly having an impact on multiple facets of the game. I just think as a whole i th- i think winning has has mattered more historically and I, and that's where i'd lean if you guys are filling out a ballot who would you, who would round out your top 4 i'd probably go harden um lebron Kawhi, westbrook uh, i'd probably go harden Kawhi, lebron westbrook yeah and I and I, I agree with you guys. Like I, I think um, I think having um, the winningest candidates towards the top is kind of the right way to go. Um, also, um, we haven't given Ryan Anderson a lot of love on this podcast, and I, I I'm here to admit that I was wrong. Like I was wrong. Like on Ryan Anderson throughout the whole season and throughout the whole off season, um, I was a guy who said you know that contract was awful when the when the Rockets signed it. Like I was really skeptical of that contract. Like eighty. Four million or eighty million dollars over four years. Um, that's uh, to me that that just seemed like a ridiculous amount of money for Ryan Anderson. And the injuries concerned me, and um, like I wasn't sure what kind of role he'd have on this team. And he's, in my opinion, like I, I, st- I said this on Twitter a couple of days ago. In my opinion, he's the second or third most uh, irreplaceable player to me on this team because the Rockets don't have anybody that, that does what he does. The amount of spacing he provides, the, obviously the, the the actual three-point shooting itself, um, it's just so invaluable to this team. Like, he makes this team work. Like, like and, like, like, he's the reason, like, like nobody can, like, it's really hard to double-team James Harden, right? Because you have so many shooters and, like, the Rockets don't have a stretch for like that on the roster like, who's shooting uh, near 40% from three. Like that's really, it's really pretty insane. And um, I think, I think he's done a really good job on the offensive glass too. Uh, and I think, I think like, it's really unfortunate that, that we can't give Ryan Anderson an award. I'm bummed out that we can't give Rhino an award, right? Cause he, he doesn't fall into the category of six man of the year or most improved player, or MVP, or any of that, and I and I feel like we should like like I feel like Rhino deserves a little more a little more love. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? And I know Taylor, you defended him a lot earlier. Like uh, we got into arguments before on, on former podcasts uh, about that contract. Yeah, and so so here's the thing: he became way way more valuable when Eric Gordon wasn't on fire. Um. So, you know, Gordon had that crazy, you know, couple of months where he was in the lead for three-pointers made in, you know, in the league over Steph and all this kind of stuff. And so these two specific numbers stand out to me. I know that at one point, Eric Gordon was in the lead with 181 three-pointers made. And, uh, you know, Steph was like, maybe two behind or something like that. And then it was like two or three weeks later, Steph was like 33 pointers ahead. And that was that, you know, that short hot streak where Steph, you know, went crazy. But it was also that, that streak where Eric Gordon was missing everything. He was dealing with injuries. And 
that makes uh, Ryan Anderson so much more important because, yeah, the Rockets do have guys that can shoot, but they don't have a lot of guys that can shoot, um, you know, at least depth-wise. Um, when, you know, once you get past Ryan Anderson in the front court, that's, I mean, basically it. Ariza's been dreadful for a couple of months now. Um, and so that makes, you know, that makes Ryan Anderson's ability to stretch the floor, I mean, it, it does everything. It, it opens it up for Harden. Um, it lets Harden kick it out to, you know, guys like Bev in the corner and stuff like that because, you know, defenders are st- stretched so far off their man that there's so much space, um, you know, to operate. And, yeah, the the back end of that contract might be really ugly in two years, but I think that if you can, you know, get exactly what you signed him for out of him, then I, I still think it's a win. And here's the thing about that contract, right? Like, like he, we made it through year one, and it's a success, right? And I was skeptical about year one, right? Like, and that's big. Like, if you can get, if you can like put forth your value in the early years of your contract to such an extent to like, if the Rockets make like a deep playoff run, like we're, we're talking conference finals or something like that, and like Rhino was a big part of that, then I think this contract is fully worth it, right? Like, I think you can excuse some of those last years, um, and you know, with the thought in mind that Rhino got you this far, and I think, I think you know. The fact that he's played this well so far, you know, I just think I think it's fine so far. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm still hoping that he's gone by the time that uh, that <laughs> contract runs out. Uh, I think he's probably. The, I, I really appreciate what Rhino has done this season, but uh, he's also. In really close games, he often doesn't finish the games because there's this whole ordeal between. There's this whole conundrum where MDA like loves to play Pat and Gordon and Ariza uh, to finish games, and he off also needs a center in, so he plugs in an A or Capella to finish games, and he's like not often not a part of their crunch time five, and that kind of has made me like value his season a little bit less uh but like obviously he's having a very important a very important year and has been a crucial part of the team i i'm not sure that the rockets would touch 50 wins without him but i still meaning because that will get ugly by then yeah yeah i I, and i think that's fair I, i think um yeah, and like you expressed some of the same concerns I had, right? Like the the back end of that contract. But right now, I mean, like you know, like when we talk about contra- like horrible contracts, like like this is not on the end of a Joakim Noah, right? Like this is not like yep. yeah, like like it's important, like absolutely, like, yeah, and like uh, like Joakim, like at least Rhino can like fulfill the the front end of that contract, and I think I I think that's important. I think that's really really important, right? I think he's he's giving you. He's really- been great this season. Yeah, yeah, and and that's important, right? Like, like uh, he's given the Rockets like really valuable minutes. Every minute he's on, he's been on the floor. Like, like the story on Rhino, and I'm writing a column on this. Like, the narrative has shifted so quickly on Rhino, right? Like, like I remember uh, before the Rockets signed him, it, it was quickly fading into like, is Rhino, is Ryan Anderson playable? Like on a contender, like I remember that was the narrative surrounding him, right? Like, like can you play Ryan Anderson? Um, on a contender, is he is he is he worth like a starting like a starting power forward position, or or do you kind of have to move him to the bench? Like it, it like that was quickly become the narrative around Ryan Anderson because he was surrounded with all this losing, right? And the defense was really highlighted in all this losing, right? But like, th- if the offense is great enough and he's not one of your primary creators, like he's just a floor spacer. I think he's really good, and I think. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I'm happy we're finally giving him this love, uh, Ryan, Ryan Anderson. Like I was wrong about you, and uh, I think I think you're a really valuable p- part of this team. I, I, I think I think the Rockets uh, really value the minutes that he's, he's given the Rocket he, that he's given them. I will say this about his defense: his defense, his post defense is not very good, but he is really good at contesting shots. Um, he's really good at getting his hand up in guys' faces and closing out. Um, and so that, I mean, that is an underrated part, you know, guys aren't getting at least wide open jump shots against him. 
Yeah, and the Rockets have done some sneaky things to kind of hide it. Like they've hedged a lot with him, and they've uh, they brought a lot of double teams over. Like you saw that tonight with Ryan with uh, the rare times he was just on the AD, right? Like you saw a lot of switching, and you saw a lot of doubles coming at him. Um, and like like there are ways to make Rhino like you can't completely hide him, right? Like he's always gonna be there, right? But there are ways to make him bearable. Like there are ways to make him playable, right? And I think like in terms of like. If you're if you're weighing the the, the 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 benefits of playing him versus not, I think the benefits of playing him vastly outweigh not playing him this season in particular. And I and uh, I'm glad we gave him this love. I'm glad we talked about him because like like I felt like that was going under the radar. And I'm and I'm I'm glad. Um, yeah, and, and Ryan Anderson's like 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 I feel so good for that guy because I like out of everybody on the roster, like, he deserves this more than anybody, right? Like, the stuff that he went through with his girlfriend and, like, the back injuries and everything, like, like this is a great story. Like, like, like there's somebody, like, somebody's gonna write, like, the definitive Ryan Anderson um, column, like, towards the end of the season. Like, I, like, I feel like Lee, Jen- Lee Jenkins is gonna sneak one out, like, towards the end of the season, like, and it's gonna be awesome. Like, Ryan Anderson's had, like, like it's it's really cool to see it to happen to a cool guy like that. Like, he's a really great guy, and it, could, it, could, it couldn't happen to a better guy, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, let's get, into, let's get into some more fun stuff. The season ends in, like, five minutes, and, the, and like, that, that's a quote I, I heard on the Zach Lowe podcast from uh, Kevin Arnovitz, and I thought it was, really, it was really good. Like, the season ends in, like, five minutes, and, like... It's it's time to start talking about playoffs, right? Like we're like ten games away from the season ending, like ten to fifteen games, and uh, it's time to start talking about playoff matchups. And like for the Rockets in particular, this is really interesting because they're locked into that third seed, right? Like they're so far away from the second seed and and so far away from dropping that fourth seed, right? Like they're like they're the third seed, right? Like you can get it out of your head that they're gonna move up or down. Like it, it's gonna be Houston Rockets as a third seed versus the sixth matchup, right? So. Right now, like everybody's got their eyes on that six on that six seed, and that six seed is getting a lot interesting, a little bit too interesting for my taste. Because it like up until like ten games ago, it looked like the Memphis Grizzlies were gonna were gonna be that six seed, and the Rockets would play the Grizzlies in the first round. Now the Thunder have you know claimed that that six seed, and the Clippers have a dangerous dangerous shot of dropping that six seed and playing the Rockets in the first round, and I do not want that. Like I. I out of all teams uh, in that area, I think the Clippers are the most dangerous uh, to the Rockets, potentially come, like getting eliminated in the first round. Like, I think that's a team you have to avoid, right? And it's it's really tough because like we gotta watch, we have to root for the Clippers, and and that's kind of dirty, right? You have to kind of root for the Clippers to keep that fourth seed, uh, I mean to keep that fifth seed and not drop and not screw this up. And uh, it's gonna be tough because they play the the Cavs tomorrow as at the time of this recording, and you kind of have to hope that they win that game. Uh, otherwise, they fall that night uh, to the sixth seed, and you kind of have to hope that the the Rockets play the, the the Thunder or the Grizzlies, right? Like, like if I were to ask you guys, like, who would you want to play in the first round? That's real, that's realistic. Like, who would it be? Like for me, it's the Grizzlies, right? Like I really want the Grizzlies to make a late run and get that sixth seed, so the Rockets could play, could play them in the first round. What about you guys? Oh yeah, uh, Grizzlies are my are. I don't think the Grizzlies have a good prayer against the rock so i would go with the Grizzlies, like and then it would be okc i would take them even though i don't necessarily want to see russ in the postseason just because i think like if he if he goes through a stretch where he shoots like 40 percent from the uh like he's been going through recently that's kind of a big problem because he's really hard to stop then uh but uh, Clippers definitely last because uh, they probably have four of the five best players on uh, uh, between the two teams, the Rockets and the Clippers. The Clippers probably have four of the best five players, and Chris Paul can play like the best player on the court as well, uh, even though I think Harden is generally better. So definitely not the Clippers. Uh, there's a chance that like the, the Clippers look so unbelievably bad that there's a chance that like OK, OKC passes them and then the Grizzlies pass them up too. And that I would take that and be perfectly fine with that too. If, uh, but uh, definitely root for the Clippers and just hope and settle for OKC at this point because I think that's probably the way to go. Yeah. yeah. 
I think I think the Grizzlies are obviously the the ideal matchup just because they they're going to have so much trouble keeping up with the Rockets. But what I think is really interesting is San Antonio's matchup is going to be hard. I mean, almost no matter what, um, you know, because Memphis matches up a lot better with San Antonio than they do with the Rockets. Um, if the Clippers fall and they play San Antonio, then that's, I mean, you know, they, they again, would have the majority of the best players on the, on the court. Um, and then uh, with OKC, you know, that's the, um, obviously another, either Russ against Kawhi would be just an insane playoff series, and I kind of hope that that happens. Um, but, it, you know, it's, regardless, that's going to be a tough series for San Antonio, which, you know, um, I guess kind of bodes well for uh, anybody hoping to get past the second round. Um, and so, you know, I, I would obviously much rather the Rockets play the uh, the Grizzlies just because, you know, I think Harden kind of has has figured out um, the Grizzlies, and um, you know he's kind of in the in the last couple of games you've seen that he's he's really started attacking the basket like he was earlier in the season, um, and he's really been super super effective uh, at getting to the bucket. And if he can do that against the Grizzlies, um, I mean that's like that's just going to open up so much for everybody else. Yeah, yeah he's even given. He's even given like Marcus all problems when he's matched up against him. So yeah, defensively, yeah, that's true. Yeah, what problems do do uh, present against the Rockets? I don't think they really have like a perfect matchup just because Harden can guard seems to be able to guard uh, Gasol or Randolph, and you know Gasol uh, doesn't really want to go out and guard, like, uh, pick and rolls and go out and guard the three-point line. Yeah, and Gasol... Seems like a win-win if you play the Grizzlies. Yeah, and Gasol has really tailed off defensively in the past 20 games or so. I'm not sure if you guys have noticed that. He's been... Like, he, he looks really slow out there. And, like, this has always been the question of, of Marc Gasol's career, right? Like, when he's in shape and when he's engaged. And that's always that's always a big question mark with Marc Gasol, right? Like, like he's really freaking good when he's, when he's, when he's engaged and when he's in shape, right? And uh, in the last 20 games, he's not really been engaged. And, and he's been bad defensively. And the Grizzlies are kind of suffering because of that. And I think the Rock... And I think... I agree with you guys. I think Harden can exploit those guys, right? Like, like... Tony Allen's been kind of a, a sneaky superstar stopper, but I don't think that applies to Harden. Like I think Harden's figured him out, right? Like Harden can can he, he can light up Tony Allen in a series. Like I I have no like qualms about that. Like I I, I know like I, I know Harden can go off. I know Harden can get his um and um uh, ironically the Grizzlies kind of want to play the Rockets in the in the first round because I, I don't think they have a prayer against anybody else. Uh, but yeah, I think I I take the Grizzlies any day of the week, uh, and I, I I think you use the right word there, Paul. Uh, set, you settle for the, the Thunder, right? Because like the Thunder, like I don't want to say like they they can upset the Rockets, but they they worry me a little bit because Andre Robertson's really freaking good at defending Harden, and uh, and that team is really really gritty and like. Like they can mess a lot of things up. Like they're really good defensively, right? And uh, they they do a really good job of shading Harden towards Stephen Adams and uh, I, and making it tough for him to finish around the basket uh, and forcing him into, into long twos and stuff. Like I think I think they do a really good job of that. And again, like I I, I totally on board with you. I do not want to play Russ in a seven game series. Like I think I think like when you have one of those guys, like no matter what, like when you have like a Harden, when you have a Russ, when you have a LeBron, like you always have the smallest chance, right? Like it, it may not be a big chance, but you always have the smallest chance of pulling it upset. And that's why I don't want to play the, I don't want to play the, the Thunder, but you're gonna you're gonna have to settle for them. I think he's pro I think that's probably going to be the likely matchup in the first round, uh, which is unfortunate. But I, I think the Rockets can still take care of the, that team. I think um, it's probably going to come down to a lot of late-game matchups because that's what, what's kind of happened in the regular season. But I, I still think the Rockets' uh, end-of-game scenarios, I probably trust Mike D'Antoni against Billy Donovan any, any day of the week. And the Rockets have a lot more shooting than that Thunder team. So I think I, I, I would favor the Rockets, definitely. And... Um, yeah, I don't want to play the Clippers. Like that's a team like, as you said, Paul. Like, like Chris Paul. Like 
in in the playoffs, Chris Paul takes it to, to another level, man. Like Chris Paul turned into into point god, and like I that's a, that's a matchup where you just you want to stay away at all costs because like, and Blake Griffin, had, I think he has another gear, uh, and and we've seen it in uh, in the playoffs before. Like we saw it in twenty fourteen fifteen. Like he he was like the best player in that San Antonio series. Like and like where they won in seven games. Like. Like those guys have other gears, and I, I just don't want to play them. And this is kind of the, like they have nothing to lose too. Like they have every motivation to to try to go big in this playoffs in the, in the playoffs this year. Like they, they like as in like they if they don't if they don't go far in the playoffs this year, they're they're probably breaking that Clippers team up. So I do not want to play a motivated Clippers team in the first round. That's something I I try to avoid if I was at all costs if I was a Rockets. Uh, let's get into the second round series. So theoretically, if the Rockets make it past the first round, and I know that's not a given, but I mean, I think they'd be favored, right? If they make it past the first round, um, the second round's gotten really interesting, right? Because at the beginning of the season, it was kind of assumed that the Rockets would kind of play uh, the Spurs in a, in a theoretical second round series. But now the race for the first seed is picked up with the KD injury and the Warriors kind of slumping <clears throat> in these past few games. Um it's like there's like a half game separating the first the first seed, and um, this has sparked sort of an interesting debate on Rockets Twitter, and um, you know I, I even heard Ben talking about it on Lockdown Rockets about you know like what team would you rather face like the Warriors like a wobbled like a injured Warriors team that's that's trying to find themselves and a Kevin Durant that's trying to make him that's trying to work his way into the series or a uh, healthy San Antonio like and. and Honestly, I'd probably still lean a healthy San Antonio. I think you avoid the Warriors into the conference finals. Uh, and honestly, like it would not take much to sway me the other way. It's that difficult for me to decide like as to which which team I'd rather play. Uh, where are you guys leaning on that? Uh, I would definitely, like, like, in a vacuum, I would definitely rather play the Spurs than, like, a, uh, than the Warriors with like a uh, rusty KD just because, you know, uh, KD is still going to be at least a very good player uh, at the very minimum when he comes back, not a bad player. Uh, So that's still like a really, 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 really great team, even if KD is... uh, 70%, yeah. Rusty, yeah, Yeah. 70, 80%, whatever you want to call it. I think the argument for... Uh, like wanting to play Golden State, the Golden State Warriors in the second round is: Do you want to uh, play the Golden State Warriors and try and like get them while they still are as rusty as possible? Uh, if you want, if your like main goal is just get to the championship, I think that the championship odds probably increase if you play the Golden State Warriors in the second round. But I would still rather take my chances at just like try and get to the Western Conference Finals and like uh, being able to say, hey, we made the Western Conference Finals to like a free agent this season because I think that that's really important and I don't think that the Rockets are that likely to win a championship this year if that makes sense. So I think that I think that the next two games against the Warriors, yeah, that might sway me one way or the other. Um, but I do know this. I know that minus a, you know, a couple of uh, meltdowns, um, the Rockets, you know, the Rockets could have swept the the season series with the Spurs. Um, obviously, Kawhi made the, you know, ridiculous block and whether or not Harden was fouled is inconsequential. Um, either way, that's a very, very close match, um, a close matchup back and forth. And I think that that certainly, you know, that certainly has the potential to give the Rockets the potential win, if that makes sense. Um, because with the Warriors, it's, you never know. I mean, it could, it could start as soon as the playoffs start. They could go on on a, a stretch where the entire team is hitting forty percent from three, and when they're doing that, you're not going to win. Um, and then you know the Oracle turns it up to a whole new level when it gets to the playoffs. Um, you know Steph makes one three, and it's like the the earthquake start. <laughs> and so you know it's 
it, it's really tough because I also think that playing the Warriors in the second round would be the better odds to getting to a championship. But I still think that I would I would take the chance at playing San Antonio um, just because I, I think that the, the Rockets have the firepower um, to outshoot them. Yeah, and I I agree with you guys. Like I, I would still rather play the, the the Spurs, and and you said something interesting, Paul. There for a second, like I like you said the championship odds increase as uh, if they play the Warriors in the second round. I, I completely agree. With you. I think that's the perfect way of putting it. Like if they play the, the Warriors in the second round, like that's the most likely you have of de- defeating the Golden State Warriors, right? Like that's the best chance you have. But at the same time, like if. You, it's not a great chance, right? Like it, it still, it still probably favors the Warriors, and and you still have to face a health, like a healthy Steph, and like a and like a a seventy percent KD, and like a, a healthy Draymond Green, and like that. I just don't want to. I just don't want to face them. Like I, I'd want to hold that off until the until the current finals. Like health be damned. Like 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 let them be healthy. Like like I'd rather pitch to my free agents. Like as you said earlier, like I, I thought it was a great point. Like I'd rather pitch to like uh let's just say like Gordon Hayward, right? Like I'd rather pitch to him. Like we made it to the conference finals last year, and uh, we made it to the conference finals two, two years before that, and like we're we win fifty games every year and stuff like that. Like I I think that's a, I think that's a a really enticing pitch to free agents that I think I would rather have. And I I agree with you, uh, Taylor. I, I think the Rockets have a really good chance of beating the, Sp- the Spurs. Like I I I've, I was never rattled at my chances of beating, uh, of of my chance of beating the Spurs because I I think that I think the Rockets have a pretty good chance of beating the, the Spurs. Like it, and it's come down to a lot of late game matchups and the Rockets have made some mistakes down the stretch. But I think I think largely if the Rockets are hitting their threes and if they're um, if Harden is locked in, I think. I think the Rockets have a good chance of beating the Spurs, and and, and I'm not saying it's a great chance. Like, I, if if you were to put, if you were to put a gun to my head, I'd probably say it's like fifty fifty, right? I, I'd probably say it's a coin flip in that series, and, and I'd probably take the coin flip over a chance against the Warriors in the second round. And um, yeah, I think I think that's kind of like where I stand. I'd rather play the Spurs. I'd rather play the Spurs in the second round. I know I understand the case of playing the Warriors in the second round. Like, I, I I'm not going to dismiss it at all. Uh, I, I think I think it's very valid. I, I think. I think uh, like Ben Duos like ben, like he's a guy we have on the podcast a lot, host of the Lockdown Rockets. He leans Warriors because he thinks that the Rockets have a chance of taking advantage of a healthy KD, and I, I completely understand that perspective. and And I, it's really hard to disagree with you with that because I mean, if you look at Steph last year in the in the finals, like he had like a similar injury to KD, like he had a he had a grade one MCL sprain in that knee, right? Like, and this is kind of what this is kind of what we were talking about earlier in the year, right? Like. If if the Rockets just make their roster like as good as they possibly can, and if 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 they just get into the discussion, I think they have a chance, and I think the, I think they have a chance at winning the title this year. Like I, I it's it's a long shot, granted, but like it's like it's it's a lot better than we thought at the beginning of the season. Like if they can outshoot a team in the playoffs, like I think they have a chance at, at beating anybody, like even uh, the Warriors. And I I think um, I think the, the fact that we're even talking about rather facing the Warriors. Um, in the second round, tells you how quickly things could change, right? Like, like we still have 15 games left, right? Like, like somebody could still get injured in this time, right? And I'm not, by all means, I'm not rooting for an injury, right? But something could still happen, and I think, I think that's important to address. Like, I, I think, I think anything could happen, and like, like last year, like, I, I'm a lot more optimistic about like, um, like somebody else winning the championship other than the Warriors than I was at the beginning of the season. Like, I think. I think there's a the the window was open for any team. Like I think there's four legitimate teams that can win an NBA championship this year, right? I think the Cavs, the Warriors, and the Spurs and the Rockets. I think I think those teams all have a legitimate chance to win the championship this year, and I think that's more teams that I would have said at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and I think like the next ten to fifteen days when uh, Kevin Durant gets reevaluated, I think that's going to determine a lot. Um, you know, as far as the conversation we just had, um, obviously, if he's uh, if he gets reevaluated and it's bad, then um, you know it's it's going to change things a lot, and that's that's really you know where you're going to see, hey, should you know, or would would the Rockets rather play the the Warriors in the second round? That's when you know you'd know if the, if there's no KD, then 
um, then I think that's the matchup. Yeah, I pretty much. Katie, uh, if Katie is like rusty as hell, then like I can completely understand the uh, uh, idea of playing them in the second round, and I think that they are certainly mortal. But they, I think they need a pretty depleted KD in order to beat the Warriors because I that there's just too much firepower and for the Rockets to guard them. They're just not a good enough defensive team to like cover all that firepower. So KD would probably not uh, would probably have to be like like you said seventy or sixty percent for the Rockets to beat them. Otherwise. Otherwise, I think they're cooked. Yeah, yeah, and and, and, I, and Harden probably has to have like something similar to what he had a uh, couple years back against the Warriors, like just a just a ton of insane performances and just like two stinkers instead of like just being pretty good throughout the entire thing. I think he needs to be great in every win for the Rockets to beat the Warriors. Yeah, and we've seen um, in the past two years that like the the Warriors really have nobody that can guard Harden. Like Harden torches the Warriors a lot, and like, and I think that's important, right? Like, I I think if if you if you know Harden can show up for you know, and and you know there's really not that many matchup problems for Harden in that against the Warriors. I, I think you 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 eliminate a big hurdle there, and and and. Then it comes down to the, the little things, right? Like, are your players hitting shots? Are you executing defensively? And you know, these are questions we still have to see, right? Like, we still we still don't know how good this defense can be in the playoffs, right? Like, like that's a real question that people have. Like, is like is this defense smoke and mirrors, right? Like, because like we know the Cavs, um, the Cavs defense right now is smoke and mirrors, right? At twenty second in the NBA, like we know they can they can take it to another gear, right? Um, and other teams are going to take another gear. Are the Rockets going to be still this good in the playoffs? And that's a real question, right? Because teams are going to key in, and like it's going to be much harder to uh, execute in the in the playoffs. And I I think that's a real question. All right, guys, I I think I think we've done our job here. Uh, this podcast is going to be on Dash Radio for the first time this Sunday at seven to eight p.m. So I so there's going to be a lot of new listeners to the podcast. Uh, welcome to uh, to Rednish Noobs Podcast. Uh, we're just a group of guys who like to talk about the Rockets. Uh, we have our own website, redditchnoops.com. Um, yeah, and I, I think you guys will enjoy us. We have some interesting personalities, uh, fun group of guys. And, yeah, s- subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Give us a good rating on, on iTunes if you enjoy the podcast. Give us a good rating on iTunes if you enjoy the podcast. If you didn't enjoy the podcast, give us a good rating anyways because that helps people find the show. All right, guys, good night.